0: welcome to connex this week we have josh hendricks from uh, phoenix builders Um, and where's your office at josh
1: uh, our home office is here in Rolling Meadows, Illinois. Okay.
0: Well, um, rather than me tell uh, the story uh, behind Josh, I'd rather him tell Josh is an old friend of mine, and we used to work together, and uh, uh, he's gone on to, to bigger and better things, and uh, so uh, Josh, tell us about you and your company.
1: Sure. Well, you know, like, uh, Scott had mentioned, we have worked together in the past and, uh, my history has been in, uh, you know, the general contracting commercial world here now for 20 plus years. And I was fortunate enough to come to the, to the Phoenix Builders team here, um, in the role of executive vice president, probably oh, almost 11 years ago. And, uh, Phoenix was founded in 1983 by, by two brothers, Tom and Mike Teshner. And we're, we're a privately held corporation. We we're in our own 20,000 square foot facility here in Rolling Meadows that we built back in '98, and uh, we we do everything from you know we, we fabricate some of our own millwork here, uh, you know we, we like to employ some environmentally friendly friendly uh, building and uh, energy saving lighting, infrared heating systems, and so forth in our shop area, and we we kind of founded ourselves as a full service construction company. We we focus on commercial, healthcare, institutional. Uh, some retail in that and we we employ our own trade people we have carpenters uh, laborers drywall hangers painters tapers and right now we're right about 50 employees so we uh we got a great great team size here we're we're not uh, we're not the big boys on the block but uh and we're a good small size company here in chicago
0: so, let me ask you a question Why do you guys uh, choose to self perform when there's a lot of people out there not not self performing anymore?
1: you know that's that's a question I constantly struggle with because obviously the overhead cash flow, the risks involved, but the trades that we perform are are those aspects that our clients are you know they touch they feel they you know a lot of our clients don't have any type of construction background so When we're performing these carpet trim carpentry and framing and drywall, a lot of the finishes that they can touch and feel. We're in direct control of of the emotion and the feeling that they're getting at the end of that project. And I I take a a lot of pride in that. And you know, there's also some pride in in still having some of those skilled trade crafts within our within our umbrella here. You know, we we are kind of a dying breed and, and that's a service that's kind of sets us apart from our competition. And, and we still, they still bid to us as any other subcontractor does. Um, they operate out of our office. However, they operate under a different, uh, um, performance model. They submit a bid to us and, and they aren't always awarded the contract. Uh, we review their scope and pricing just as we would any other contractor, but it's nice to have that control when we can utilize our own services because, uh, you know, if, if we're a light on manpower, we need to really uh, kick it in gear to hit our finish date. I'm in direct control of that
0: so. well you know you, you say you say a dying breed but it seems to me based on you know talking with different people you guys may be on maybe coming back you know uh, it seems like people want to have what you said want to have more control uh, however there's not very many companies out there anymore that could you know, manage a self-performance piece of their company. So, uh, that, uh, we find, I find at least when talking with different people, mostly like in the, uh, utility business, like a great example is, uh, you know, wastewater treatment plants doing self-performance of concrete, you know, cause it's such a large scope of what they do and helps them be competitive, a little
1: more competitive. Right. Yeah, and that's an aspect of it as well. There, there. It definitely helps us in tight timeframes with bidding. You know, because as I'm sure you've experienced, is when you you're in a short bid window for a client who, for whatever reason, they've got a locked in delivery date and the drawing or entitlement process has taken longer than expected, which shortens that bid window. And you go out to vendors, they they're going to focus on things where they've got more time and maybe a better opportunity to win the project. By self-performing some of those those larger trades, you know we can kind of buckle down and, and turn a bit quickly and prioritize it in-house rather than rely on an outside vendor to do that. No, that makes sense.
0: Now, you mentioned your core focus a little bit, but can we kind of come back to that? You said, what kind of projects have you guys done in the past or what are you guys really, really, really good at? What's in your wheelhouse?
1: So, you know, originally, our wheelhouse has been for a long time, for, you know, over two decades, been restaurants. Uh, we were kind of known as the restaurant guys in, in the Chicago market here. And when I came here, I would venture to guess that, you know, 80% of our annual revenue was in the restaurant industry. Since then, we've diversified. You know, when the market kind of fell apart in 2008, 2010, we went through the recession, people stopped going out to eat. so you know in order to survive and and weather that storm we started focusing on on other market sectors that being you know going back to our core roots of senior living and and you know assisted independent and memory care facilities and uh, we we partnered up with uh, brookdale senior living out of nashville and kind of grew our business there and have since you know the storage market here in the midwest has really grown and we've we've capitalized on that as well and have been you know we had a client who we had done some commercial build-out work for who decided to get into the development side of storage, and gave us a shot. And you know, we we employed a lot of our skill set, a lot of our our performance metrics to that project model, and did well. And we've since been able to to grow in that market base. And now, you know, we it, it occupies probably the lion's share of our revenue.
0: So, how, why is storage a big thing? I mean, that's that kind of boggles my mind a little bit. Is it just I mean, what, what in the market has brought that about
1: just space, you know, I mean, especially here in the Chicago market, you know, nobody wants to let go of their items, but, but space is at a premium premium. You know, you get a lot of, uh, uh, the millennials who are now into new jobs in they're but they, they like living that city life and, and, uh, living space is at a premium. So we've got that market base. We have, um, commercial you know there are commercial clients out there who don't want to hold on to their own infrastructure for storage and distribution so they're outsourcing that to whether it be cold storage or temper controlled storage and medical storage uh, those are client-based as well and a new uh, product that we've been working on is high-end car storage you know as opposed to a guy you know taking his classic mustang and putting it in a you know, a a pre-engineered metal building out in a cornfield somewhere and paying, you know, a hundred bucks a month on it. We're building these high end retail type, uh, high end car storage areas where the epoxy, the floors, we do all storefront along a busy, a busy thoroughfare highlighting. We put a wash bay in and that guy can say, Hey, you know, if you're ever driving down main street, you know, at, at one, two, three main street, take a look at that red Mustang in the corner there. That's, that's mine. Oh, that's we're cool. they were able to that's put a, their a, vehicles on display.
0: That's it. That's yeah. an interesting concept. Plus, I mean, I know that just from my own cars, having them in a climate controlled—you know—that's a big thing considering how they can deteriorate. And I mean, obviously, you're not going to be driving in the snow in a Corvette, you know, uh, or you shouldn't. I should. Right. So, um, so you kind of told us, told us our his your history. Uh, you know, moving it forward, what significant event do you think helped? shape the business model you have today?
1: I would say actually, you know, the recession, the recession is what forces, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and necessity to survive is a great motivator. So, you know, when, when our restaurant industry experience or our restaurant clients stopped doing development projects, we had to, uh, to move in a different direction. And the two brothers that started the company, um, Back in 1983, their mother was a, an executive director for a, a senior living facility. And so we kind of fell back on that market. You know, the baby boomers were creating a new market trend there. And we're, we're affiliated with uh, ABC. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but Associated yes. Builders Contractors. And, and, um, it's a merit shop based organization and Brookdale Senior Living. Uh, out of nashville was a strong merit shop supporter strong abc supporter who had a large uh, uh need for contract services here in the chicagoland area and we were able to take on uh the first couple of projects with them execute them successfully and went on to do uh eight to ten more within a You know 24 to 36 month period
0: and that seems to be a growing market I don't know about where you guys are but it seems to be growing like crazy Um, uh, but uh, because that's like a hybrid medical slash living facility you know apartment slash medical you know so um,
1: right and it's it's ever evolving because of that continuum of care you're as your population size moves from that independent living to assisted living and now the, the market that's really growing as underserved is the memory care and, and dementia uh, uh-huh. space. You know, so now we're converting – they don't have such a need for independent living, so we're converting independent living spaces into memory care and dementia things.
0: So, you know, so y- for you, um, the, the, uh, you, know, you, you, you know, kind of backing up you personally, can you kind of tell – you know, the listeners, what, you know, like your history is. Cause I, I find that a lot of people are interested in like the background of everybody. And I, you got a pretty interesting background, just kind of what you've done. And, and uh, I didn't realize when you said 20 years, I started thinking to myself, gosh, we're old, you know? So, uh, <laughs> but, 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 uh, but, uh, cause we were young guys working together back in the day, but can you kind of back up, uh, you know, did you, you grew up in Illinois and Rockford, right?
1: I did. I, I grew up a uh, uh, low-income family in a trailer park on the southwest side of Rockford, Illinois, which is a, you know, just a, a struggling market in northern Illinois. And I, you know, I worked in construction starting in junior high. You know, uh, as a laborer on, a, on residential job sites, working for my my buddy's dad, who was a, a residential home builder. There, never really thought that was going to be a career I'd get into, but it, it paid bills. I could hang out with my buddy and. And learn a good skill set so through junior high and high school I did that and knew I wanted to go to school Uh, parents didn't have the money to send me to school so uh, they in Illinois they had a uh, split option program where you could commit to uh, one of the service branches and do your basic training in between your junior and senior year and then you would go on to your advanced training following graduation so at 17 years old as a junior in high school with my parents signing permission I joined the army and uh I went to my basic training down to Fort Benning Georgia in between my junior and senior year came back about 2 days late to start senior year and uh did it finished it graduated uh had a party the next day and then I was back on a plane back to Fort Benning the day <laughs> following to go finish the rest of my advanced training so <laughs> it was a it was a full time job between school and the military so I was uh, very fortunate I I did uh 2 year service and I I utilized my GI bill money to to go to in-state Illinois state school and get my construction management degree and graduate without any college debt and still continued that, uh, you know, that never quit attitude. And, and you, you know, you do what it takes to support your team and help your team and be an integral role player. And I did that, implemented that in my, my personal and professional life. And it's just paid off for me over the years.
0: You know, um, I know you're, you know, when I think of people who are planners, I think of you <laughs> because, you know, uh, <laughs> so my next question has to do with kind of how you're preparing for the future, you and Phoenix.
1: Well, it's uh, two-part because, you know, my, I'm in a buyout agreement here at Phoenix. So I've got a, short, a very short-term uh, plan for both me and Phoenix, and then I've got a longer-term plan once that buyout portion is complete. You know, and just like with any any uh, company, you know, leadership plays a large role in that. And our current leadership, uh, obviously, uh, they're in the tail end of that. So they're very risk adverse. Um, whereas, you know, I, I, I like to consider myself younger in the industry. Uh, although, you know, when you sit back and think 20 years, I'm not quite so young anymore. But so in the short term, it's to, to bring on good, solid opportunities, surround ourselves with, uh, you know, great team members build the, the IT infrastructure, which is, which is a struggle that I have. I got I recognize that as a weakness of my own. I don't feel comfortable with the IT piece. I'm surrounding myself with others on our team who are, are very strong in that aspect mm-hmm. and are constantly reviewing and analyzing where we are in comparison to the rest of the market. And what can we do to be the best service provider to our clients? Um, and I think that's going to play a big role with our springboard into the future is f- from a revenue standpoint, from a performance standpoint. And, you know, a- anybody can sit back and say, yeah, I want to grow 15% in X time. I'm, I'm more interested in bringing on good customers, good client base, taking care of our, our internal and external customers because our subcontractors are, are our lifeblood. You know, we, I'm a firm believer, like like any team, if I take care of them, they'll take care of me, and and, and, the, and the work will then come.
0: Yeah, and you know, I mean, it, it, uh, what we talk about all the time is this is a relationship game, you know, and me, both me and you, Josh, know that there's people out there who will slit your throat for a dollar, you know, but that's a very mm-hmm. short-term mindset compared to the long-term benefit. I mean, you know, I, I always believe, and I think you do too, Josh, is that if you do the right thing every time, rather sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but at the end of the day, you know, you're still doing the right thing, you know, and that goes along with a lot of people.
1: Absolutely. You know, I, one of my, uh, our company values that I make sure I, I preach to our team is we have accountability for our results and the integrity in our actions. And, and to the two key words for that accountability and integrity and if you can hold on to those two things in every decision that you make whether it be with your team members your clients in your personal life I, I promise them and I you know it, from experience that it typically will come out in everyone's favor hmm not always the, not always the easy road in fact typically it's not but the results that come from from holding on to those two core values will pay dividends
0: well, you know, I know you've I know because I know you personally. I, I know you've had a lot of successes and uh and, and failures in your life um and those are those are positive for both of us. Can you tell us about some of your biggest successes and some of your biggest failures personally and professionally?
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, some of uh I'll start with uh, some of my biggest failures because I think those are the ones that that keep me looking forward to how i'm going to improve moving forward and that's uh you know holding on to whether it be team members or vendors too long um even when you know when you recognize there's failures you kind of want to see the good in people all the time and Mm. sometimes that's at at a detriment and i've had we've been burned on projects in the past where i've i've tried to hold on and support be that 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 fire team support guy you know i'm maybe falling back to my army days but you know I'm trying to get that soldier to perform. I'm trying to get that subcontractor to perform, knowing full well that perhaps they just they're they're not going to get there. So that's that's been a failure. That you know, moving forward, I, I want to make sure that we uh, we change. You know, the other thing I think I mentioned it earlier it's just been IT. You know, I don't think that we have stayed on top of technological advances and the best processes and and software packages that are available in the in our construction market and that has left us in the dust so i have over the past you know year here i've spent a lot of time focusing on that and trying to bolster that to make sure that we don't make that mistake moving forward that i'm not relying on my own experiences or my own inhibitions in in that market to dictate where our company goes
0: what what do you think you guys have done well success you know what are your successes
1: I would say our absolute greatest success is the relationship that we have with our clients. And I know it's kind of a, <laughs> that's the everybody's tagline is, Oh, we build great relationships. You know, I think that we, one thing that has been a great, great thing, uh, a success of Phoenix builders is we develop personal relationships with our clients. So every time we're getting on that phone, it's not necessarily acne and Phoenix, it's not abc inc and phoenix it's john and tim and dave and joe and we you know we involve our customers lives personally because at the end of the day we all get up and we all put our pants on the same way and we're all going to work and we all have a lot of the same values and worries and concerns in life and understanding that at the end of the day has has done really well for our team and and they understand that and then they get enjoyment our team gets enjoyment out of those relationships with our customers, and those customers want to continue to work with us.
0: You know, Josh, I use you as a example um, of somebody, a uh, young, ambitious person. You're not young anymore, but <laughs> when I knew you, you were young.
1: <laughs> a, young
0: a young, ambitious person, and uh, I always use an example as uh, as being a good example of, of uh, somebody that, you know, some of my younger folks can uh can can look up to so my next question is is what personal advice would you give to one of those young people that was driven like you were what i you know when when me and you rolled together how driven we were what advice would you give them to to, if they wanted to pursue that you know that that executive level position within construction
1: If you're looking to be successful as an executive, I think that you have got to be humble. But at the same time, you've got to be confident. You know, you have to you have to know that you're going to make mistakes. You've got to display humility to your customers, to your team members. But at the same time, it's very important that you display confidence as well, because they're they're looking to you for strength, your customers and your team members. They're looking to you for strength are looking to you for that confidence, and they want to know that you too are, are willing to be accountable for your actions. And they want to see in you that when you act, you're acting out in the utmost level of integrity. And, and you know what's what's
0: uh, what's funny about that is, you know, they're, they're, they can almost be opposites in a lot of ways, but they can go together too. I mean, you can still be humble and confident, you know, and uh, uh, but it's. Kind of tough when you're a younger, younger man, uh, especially a younger man. Uh, seems like younger women have a better <laughs> control on humility, humility, yeah. and confidence than we do. We're just, uh, we're just out there, tr- you know, trying to be overly confident uh, uh, at 20 years old with testosterone running strong through your veins, you know. So, uh, but. Right. Uh, But, well, um, I appreciate that. I'm going to go ahead and go to the last question I have here, and these are kind of just like flash questions. It's a a scale of 1 to 10. What you think uh, is the most important would be a 10, and what you think is of lesser importance would be a 1. So I'm going to just throw out some different topics, Um, and Mm -hmm. you can expand upon it if you like, or you can just say a number. So the first one is uh, scheduling.
1: Oh, nine. Absolutely. Effective and clear scheduling. I mean, it it removes so many of the issues. It removes so many problems with uh, clear understanding of how a project is going to move forward. I mean, it's the old, uh, that which gets measured gets done. If you don't have a way, if you don't have a thermostat for your project, how do you know where you stand? How does your customer know where they stand? How do your vendors know where they stand?
0: What about estimating?
1: Well, you know, there's a lot of ways to answer that. It depends on the type of project you're looking at. Is this a hard bid project? Is it design build? But uh, overall, again, this is, you know, estimating I'm, it's, it's an eight or an nine. You know, it's, it's, it's putting that best plan forward. You haven't put a shovel in the ground yet, and you have to know that you've done your due diligence and the scope of work and are applying costs associated with that before you start, starting with that good, solid foundation.
0: Contract administration.
1: Contract administration, you know, six, seven, you know, it, it, they're, they're highly important. However, I have had some great project managers who have not been the best at their <laughs> contract administrative skills. However, they, they have very happy customers. They complete their projects on time. And, and so I guess it's not as important and you can surround yourself with Uh, with good team members and so forth. And if you understand the project and you've got clear lines of communication, sometimes uh, that can bolster up a weakness in the administrative part. Design. Design, um, again, depends on type of project, but I'd say a five. There are many projects that I've had that have had a terrible design or just an unclear uh, direction as far as what the end goal was supposed to be. However, through experience and open lines of communication with our customer and their team and understanding what their expectations are, we're able to work with poor design or around that to find success. What about uh, contracts? Contracts? Um, I guess I you know, it's odd to put numbers of these, but I'll say a seven then. Um, kind of like scheduling, kind of like drawings, it's Having a clear and open understanding on the front end of a project removes all those questions, removes potential for conflict later down the road. Well, I shouldn't say removes, reduces the risk mm-hmm. for conflict. Yeah. We don't always. Sometimes you've got an ironclad contract, and that doesn't remove your your potential for risk or conflict. But you know, it's it's important. But having that relationship with those vendors, understanding and and having those conversations are so much more important than than the paper. But the paper's got to be there too
0: what about accounting
1: accounting well i guess it depends on if that involves payments and so forth which i would assume it would and i would say in our market it's a nine you know it's it's fuel for the engine it's uh you know i mean it's what it, it keeps the rest of this list reduced if if there's not a clear and concise understanding on payment, because sometimes you're dealing with vendors who are, are working paycheck to paycheck. And if you're not on top of the accounting portion, sometimes for them, you're making billing for them because they're not getting their invoicing in that mm-hmm. time. They aren't able to, pre- they could, they have all the best intentions, but if they can't afford to pay their people, you're not getting the project done. Selling work. So, I mean, if it's the act of going out and selling, I would say that's a one or a two. I think that performance bleeds opportunity are the, the work that we're doing now, the work that we've done in the past and the relationships that we're building, that's what's selling our work. Okay. That's what's creating the next opportunity for us. Not, not out trying to push what our product is.
0: And the last one
1: is leadership. Oh, leadership is a 10. I mean, you can, you can take, you can take that bad news bears team and you can turn them into the, to the victors if you've got strong leadership everything else follows with strong leadership uh, just like everything else can fail with weak leadership
0: absolutely yeah we know that one <laughs> i'll leave it there
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: but uh uh well hey i want to give you the last say josh uh, if you want to say kind of wrap up anything i, I do want to say how, how much i appreciate having you on today and um you know i i uh i i look back at you know, people I had contact with and you're one of those high quality guys that I can always uh, always p- kind of point to and uh, I, and it shows with what you've been able to build where you're at today so I, I commend you on your uh, on, on the results of what you've been able to pull out and and more importantly I commend you on uh, on who you are because uh, obviously uh, we had some and, and we've all had some demonstrations of poor leadership and poor ethics and, and those type of things in our careers. Um, and, uh, but on the other side of it, we've chose to go a different direction to try to do things right. And, and, and go that now we're not perfect. You know, I don't know. uh, I don't know about you, Josh, but I'm not perfect, you know, but, but I,
1: I, I I'm not, well, we all know what happened to last guy. It was perfect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's no joke. But, uh, but you know, the, the, you know, the fact is, is that, uh, you still get up every day and try, you try to do your best. So I just want to give you kind of the last word.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm appreciative of the opportunities that have been given to me and I'm appreciative of the opportunities that our team uh, has created. So now getting an, a, a chance to provide a level of service, both to our, to our team members and to our customers, it's just, uh, it's extremely rewarding. It's, it's relationships. Again, uh, some of the greatest relationships and friendships that I have are, have been created through this industry. And, and, uh, you know, I, I look forward to the next generation and succession that I'll be able to create in, uh, moving forward for this company. And, you know, it's, uh, just very rewarding.
0: Well, uh, Josh, I just wanted to tell, tell, uh, you and your family. I hope you guys are doing well. And, uh, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like you got a busy life. Uh, you got three kids now.
1: Four, four sons. Four,
0: oh, my lord, four. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so, you well, must. The bathrooms done,
1: are not clean at my house.
0: You must have done something <laughs> wrong in your life to end up with four boys, but but
1: uh,
0: <laughs> or does not done something right for that matter? But uh,
1: yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. There are ten grandchildren, and only one of them's a girl. And
0: boy she's a girl, so I think I'll take oh my, my God. <laughs> well, you don't have to worry about passing your name on, so.
1: No, I do not.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you once again. And uh, to end uh, connects today, we'll be back in another week and, and bringing another construction executive online.